Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit has placed on his heart for this moment. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. Join us each week, wherever you get your podcasts, to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. I didn't grow up in Detroit or even in Michigan, so I'm a latecomer to Blessed Solana's stories. But let me tell you when he first really came on my radar. It was when the relics of St. Therese, the Little Flower, were visiting Detroit at the Shrine of the Little Flower. And WJR was, you know, giving news reports, well, the wait is now two hours, or the wait is now three hours. So I was waiting for the wait to go down before I drove in from Ann Arbor to visit the relics. And while I was waiting in line, everybody was telling stories about how the little flower had answered their petitions, and also how this person named Blessed Solanus had answered their petitions. So I say, wow, there's somebody in Detroit doing what St. Therese does all over the world, right here in Detroit. And so that really got me interested in in, uh, Blessed Solanus and uh, uh, a nice little book that really tells a lot of these stories and gets into the heart of Blessed Solanus is called Meet Solanus Casey. a lot of the people in the monastery really weren't terribly in awe of him. And when he started playing the violin, they sometimes turned the radio up loud so that they, so that he'd stop, you know. And apparently he really loved to play the violin, but word is that he wasn't that good at it. And people didn't really like to hear it very much. So, you know, he wasn't like a hero all the time in, in, in the monastery, according to what Brother Leo and... Brother Richard have told me. But anyway, uh, what I see in Blessed Solanus says he was ahead of his times. Every saint is ahead of his times because every saint is already living in, in 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 heaven in a certain kind of way. And what I see in Blessed Solanus is this remarkable union between holiness and evangelization. And there is a very profound link between holiness and evangelization. And this is very relevant for us today as the whole church focuses on really holiness and evangelization. And what we see also in Blessed Solanus is a remarkable integration of the contemplative dimension of the Holy Spirit's working and the charismatic working of the Holy Spirit. I I didn't really do an extensive study on this, but you can see, besides his deep union with the Lord, you see the gifts of the Holy Spirit working through him in a remarkable way. You see the gift of healing. You see the gift of prophecy. He would often tell people, you're going to become a priest, or no, you're not going to become a nun. Or one one day somebody said, would you pray for uh, my brother who's in the hospital to get better? And Blessed Solanus didn't pray for him to get better, but prayed for him to have, have a happy death, which, which was a little, you know, little startling at the time, but he died happily the next day. So there was a prophetic gift that was working through Blessed Solanus. There were words of knowledge and words of wisdom and, and healing and just various ways in which the gifts of the Holy Spirit were working through him. And the integration of the contemplative and the charismatic workings of the Spirit are, I think, very important to notice. 
Another thing I really noticed about Blessed Solanus, and this is very encouraging, is that he was very human. You know, every saint is a human being. Every saint has a human personality. And, you know, there's some things about their personalities that you like and some things you don't like. And some people get along with them and some people don't get along with them. And there's just a, a, a very human person here in Blessed Solanus. He loved his family. He, he loved family reunions. He loved nature. He loved the garden, and he loved to raise money for the missions. He loved the poor. He, he had his own sufferings. Incidentally, his final death was diagnosed as erysipelas, which is this horrible infection of the skin, you know. And uh, John of the Cross died of the very same, very same infection. Just, just kind of a little interesting note on that. Now, the Mass Association where you make a donation, you're remembered in the masses of the Capuchins. And I'd just like to read something from Father Leo's book, uh, Brother Leo's book about that. When people came to him asking God's help and blessing in sickness or trials, <clears throat> he always suggested that they do something to please the dear Lord. He would often get them to promise more frequent attendance at Holy Mass, reception of Holy Communion. He would also suggest that they make a financial offering for enrollment in the association. And the people at Our Lady of Angels soon noticed that when Blessed Solanus enrolled a person in the Seraphic Mass Association, wonderful results and even cures were the outcome. They'd go back to him with profuse thanks, but he always attributed the favors to the merits of the Holy Mass and urged them to give all thanks to God. There's like seven or eight notebooks filled with notations. Over 6,000 notations in Blessed Solanus' own hand chronicling what happened after people signed up for the Seraphic Mass Association. You know, and, and it reminds me of what Jesus says in Scripture about the importance of almsgiving. The importance of making a sacrifice, the, the importance of putting some skin in the game, the importance of not just passively expecting God to act in our life, but actually reaching out by making a sacrifice. And we particularly emphasize this, of course, during Lent when we talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But prayer, fasting, and almsgiving should be really a regular part of our life as we kind of are giving of ourselves and making an offering and making a sacrifice and putting some skin in the game. Uh, sometimes there's a passivity amongst us about, well, God will do what he wants to do in my life. But what, what Scripture says, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, strive for that holiness without which nobody can see God. So just in so many different ways, Blessed Solanus really anticipated and lived out many of the contemporary emphases that the Holy Spirit's bringing to the church right now. When Pope St. John Paul II published his vision statement for the new millennium called Novo Millennio Ineunte, he stepped back and he said, let's ask ourselves, what has the Holy Spirit been speaking to the church since the beginning of the Second Vatican Council right up to the new millennium? And he picked out three things. He said, the Holy Spirit has been leading us to rediscover the universal call to holiness. He's also led us to rediscover the church, not just as an institution or organization, but as a communion of Trinitarian love. And thirdly, 
He's led us to rediscover the power of Pentecost that makes possible the new evangelization. If you kind of boiled it down to the two, the main themes that the Holy Spirit's been bringing forth in the church, it's the universal call to holiness. That holiness is not just for a few special people. And the danger with the veneration of any saint is that we look at them as somebody up there that God did a very special thing with, and that's true, they're up there that God did a very special thing with, but we're not just supposed to admire them or marvel at them, we're supposed to imitate them as they imitated Jesus. And what what, what Blessed Solanus would most want is not just that we admire him from a distance or marvel at the wonderful things that God did through his life, but that we imitate him as he imitated Jesus. So the universal call to holiness is just really, really important. And my hope is that the beatification of Blessed Solanus will lead us all into a renewed commitment to that yes to the Lord, to, to, to prayer and fasting and almsgiving and reaching out to him and, and offering ourselves for the action of grace in our own lives to bring about transformation and healing in our soul. Then in Mission of the Redeemer, which is John Paul II's missionary encyclical, there's a whole chapter called Missionary Spirituality. And section 90 it says, the call to mission derives of its very nature from the call to holiness. The universal call to holiness is closely linked to the universal call to mission. Every member of the faithful is called to holiness and to mission. And a lot of us, a lot of us Catholic lay people in particular, kind of have a little resistance to really believing that or really accepting that. There's a, a deep tendency in us to say, well, that's really for priests and nuns or you know, for people who work full-time in the church. I'm just a Catholic layman, you know. Well, just think about that for a moment. I'm just a Catholic layperson? You mean just, just somebody created in the image of God? Is, is that all we are? Uh, a Catholic layperson for whom Jesus shed his blood? A baptized Catholic layperson in whom the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is dwelling? Somebody destined for eternal life? Somebody who's already begun to participate in the divine nature? It's, it's, it's almost impossible to take that in with our minds and hearts. Call to participate beginning already to participate in the divine nature. And another thing, do you realize that the only people who ever make it to heaven are saints? Now, don't, don't, don't get discouraged now. You don't have to be a canonized saint to make it to heaven, but we have to be completely surrendered to the will of God completely devoted to loving God with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength and our neighbor as ourself, every attachment to sin, every affection for sin banished from our life. And the sooner that happens, the better, right? I mean, why, why wait for purgatory? Why not have the most fruitful life on this earth that we possibly could have? You know, St. Bernard of Clairvaux said that people who hold back from a complete surrender to the Lord are stupid. Don't blame me, I'm just a messenger.
St. Bernard said that. Why would he say that? Why hold back from the greater freedom, the greater joy, the greater love, the greater harmony with God's will, the greater sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit that would make our life more and more fruitful? There's a deep relationship between holiness and fruitfulness. Jesus says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to bear fruit. I want your fruit to last. And he says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And if the branch is bearing fruit, the vine dresser, God the Father is going to prune it so it bears more fruit. The process of transformation, the process of purification, the process of growing in holiness is so important for our own happiness in this life, and it's also so important for our ability to be a channel of grace for others. You know, what Blessed Solanus did with people, we're being called to do by, for people by the church. The decree on the apostate of lay people says that every Catholic lay person, besides the witness of their life, this is in section 6 and 13, needs to be willing to speak to people about Jesus, as well as the witness of our life, with a view of bringing people to faith who don't have faith and helping people grow in faith who do have faith. Pope Francis, in his apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, says, if we know the love of God, we don't need to do a lot further study. But he says, if you know the love of God, you know enough to go out and tell other people about the love of God. And then later on, he says, all of us are called to preach the gospel, not the formal preaching that a priest does, but the informal preaching that all of us are called to do in the conversations we have with people that just happen accidentally along the way or with neighbors or relatives or at family gatherings. And then he says, if the conversation lends itself to this, we should actually be open to praying with people at the end of the conversation, just like Blessed Solanus did. And a lot of times we... You know, say, you know, people tell us a problem or we've heard their difficulties and we don't know what the solution is. And that's where we can say, well, look, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is, but let's turn to the Lord Jesus who's with us. You know, he promised wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's, he's there. So he's here right now. It's not just us trying to figure it out on our own. The Lord is here. Let's open up these problems to the Lord. Let's open up these difficulties, these sufferings to the Lord. Let's ask for his help, for his wisdom. So in so many ways, Blessed Solanus models for us what the church is really calling all of us to do, to give a wholehearted yes to the call to holiness and a wholehearted yes to the call to evangelization and really recognizing that this isn't like an extra special thing that special people do, but this is something that every single baptized Catholic is called to fully live, a, a life of holiness and a life of mission, really wanting to be used by the Lord as a channel of grace for other people. And the more we're one with the Lord ourselves, the more we'll be a, a channel of grace for other people. So I think that the 
the example, the lesson, the life, the incidents, the anecdotes, the stories about Blessed Solanus are not just something to make us marvel or entertain us, but something to inspire us and call us on in our own calls, in our own vocations, to be fully devoted to a life of holiness and fully devoted to a life of willingness to be an instrument of grace for others in evangelization. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin. Ralph Martin.